How's it going, everyone? Hope you are doing well. Um, welcome to what we are deeming the Occupational Extrovert. Uh, that name will hopefully make sense uh, in a little bit. Uh, today, my guest is my good buddy, Liz Orr. Um, for those of you that don't know her, she is a professional cellist at the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, a very dear friend, and quite honestly, a huge reason why this podcast is even a thing. We had a long, fun, enlightening talk about doubt, about creativity, our fears, and where all those have played a role in our journey uh, in life and in our Christian walk um, and what has led to what we both do today. Um, it's a rather long conversation, so bear with me um, as I'm even figuring out what this uh, all is in the first place. Um, but thank you for taking the time to listen to this. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy Liz and I's conversation. And we're doing this. We're doing it. Hi. Hi. Hey. I have Liz with me for those who are listening. Hi, guys. Liz Orr is one of Kim and I's, I would say one of our best friends. Yes. For sure. I love you guys. Yeah. We love you too. And you are the sole reason why we're doing this right now. Oh Actually, gosh. you're like 40% of it. Which is like a lot for one person. That's a lot. That's sorry, a lot but also not sorry. I'd say 40% you, 30% my wife, and then 20% Ellen. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'd pull back like a percent or two from each of you just because like there's, there's been like a few other small voices right. that are in there as well. Yeah. Um, I've definitely been the most nagging, I think. Like, hey. Absolutely. Hey, podcast. How's that yeah. podcast coming? You sat down and like mommed me a lot. Yeah. So sorry. But again, like not sorry because it's actually happening right now. It is. Yeah. So you're That's welcome. You I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first off, occupational extrovert. Yes. Is the name we're working with. Yes. It's kind of your fault we're calling it that too. Yes. Um, you kind of coined me that. I did. And I can't remember where it came from. I I think I just either thought of it myself or one of my other brilliant friends said it one time. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to use that all the time because it accurately represents who I am as a person. So yeah. someone who... I'm actually an introvert, and I think for we're sure. both, I can speak for you here, we're yes. both introverts. Absolutely. But we have this extroverted, like, side of us that comes out when it really needs to. Yeah. In order to just, like, you know, have friends and stuff. Exactly. Not be a weirdo, you exactly. know. Um, it's funny you say that because I was talking to somebody at the gym today who she said to me, she goes, you know what, you're actually, like, my first friend here. And I'm like, hmm. That's weird. Yeah. And then we start talking about it. She's like, you know, you just were inviting and warm and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> and then she said, we start talking. I'm like, yeah, most people actually don't believe me when I say I'm introverted. Mm -hmm. And I think one, there's a huge misconception around what an introvert is. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times you think of like the cartoonish idea of like that dark emo kid who's just sitting alone yes. doesn't know how to talk has zero social skills all that which exists me in high school what okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> moving on yes no but i get it yeah yeah so so that's a good transition that was perfect hey thanks is introducing you for people who don't know you you are a professional cellist is that the way to say that yes okay we and yeah we can use that <laughs> to describe me in this moment what's what's a better way I mean, that that's accurate. It's just like saying like I am a professional cellist is something that I'm still like, I still feel like I'm like fresh out of grad school. Like, I don't yeah. know, a nanny on the side, but I don't know, you know, <laughs> but you don't, like, but I don't. And you're in. I am. I 100%. am. I'm doing it. Right. Doing the thing. So, okay. So that's a good. So you, and you, and you play for the Quad City Orchestra. Is I, that right? Yes, okay. I do. So first off, mm -hmm. that's a good place to start is mm -hmm. why don't you feel personally feel comfortable saying this is what I do? I think, well, I, I lead with, yeah, I'm a cellist, but then like, there's something about the word like professional cellist. Like, right. I don't know. I, it is what I am, but to say like professional cellist versus like a regular cellist, I don't know. Cause by saying you're a cellist implies that you're already doing it to some degree of like it being your career. Sure doesn't have to be there you know there are cellists that are doing a hobby sure um but i don't know the word professional just has like a air of 
like hoity-toityness. Really? Like, I don't know. Well, it's almost like the guy know. or the gal who says, like, I'm an actor, but really you're spending an 60 actor. hours a week busting tables. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, yeah. not, that, not that we're, like, that which I was Hollywood or anything like that, but. That's, like, the, the, the hustle. That's anyone in, like, the creative arts world. Yes. Very rarely has ever gone straight from grad school to, like, full-time playing position yeah. without busting tables nannying right. working like side jobs that have right. nothing to do with their craft so right. that that struggle bus we've all driven it and i think we're we're much more um grateful for where we end up eventually yes because of it and that's th- i mean that's kind of you're more or less getting us to the topic of what i want to talk about today was like i by definition what i do is create Mm -hmm. you know what i mean whether that is um for my i guess my more side gig or more part-time gig is design Mm -hmm. which takes over my life a lot sometimes yeah um but i also do it for the church right i feel like most true creators Mm -hmm. are really uncomfortable with that yes title yes whatever that title maybe it's professional cellist or it's creator or it's designer or all that sort of stuff like um was it? I, I read a book years ago, uh, The War of Art, by Stephen mm. Press, I think it's by Stephen Pressfield. I need to put that on my list. It's a really good I've book. I've heard it before, yeah. And I loaned it out and they never <clears throat> give it back to me, which I'm really upset oh, about. great, cool. I know. Thanks I, to yeah. whom it may concern. Yeah. Stole his book. I know. There's like so many things I want to say right now, but knowing this is going to be a public Right. Thing. Be nice. Rain it in. Be <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. And uh, But no, they said he had this statement in there where it was talking about like how... Uh, most people look at a creator as someone who's like, you know, just head in the clouds and like always doing these crazy cool things and like just carefree, like hippie. Yeah. It was like, no, no, no. And he's made the statement where he's like true creators of any form are absolutely terrified yes. of what they do in some capacity. Yes. And I'll never forget because I, I read that when I was shoot probably 23 years old, mm-hmm. pretty young, 22, 23. And you're like, oh, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I identify with that so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um. And so, yeah, I think I think a lot of times people think of creative people as like these. They just have great ideas all the time. Yeah. And I would say I have a good idea 10 percent of the time. Yes. And that's being very generous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I don't know how that would even correlate to what you do. I, I well, I think everything it's so terrifying because everything that we do is so subjective. Like I to me in my practice room, there mm-hmm. are some things that I work on and I execute and I feel really awesome. Like, man, this sounds like really good. And then you go and play it for like a sample size of like 20 people. Yeah. And there's going to be at least like a few people that are like going to critique you about like the smallest thing that you didn't even think about. Right. Or on the flip side, you could feel terrible about like a passage in music like man that that sounds like garbage right yeah. now i need to go log in a couple hundred more hours on that bad boy yeah. um and then you play it for someone and they're like no it you're you're much harder on yourself than you need to be about right. that you know um it's like almost like we're striving for perfection but we can't because there's no such thing right in music or in art i don't think right yeah, i don't no. i don't think it's possible to be like a perfect creator I agree. You know, so I think, I think that's, that's why it's terrifying. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, that's the thing I think. And I think you just said it pretty well. was like, I think the hardest part where I struggle with is it's constantly like, Hey, I spent hours doing this, working on this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take it personally, but I also want to know where it's weak. Right. But, but don't, but don't, no, wrong. I, I don't want to take it personally either. You no, know what I, know. I mean? Well, and, and to go along with that, like, I can relate also like we both have a product that is our product like the way that I sound is the way that I Lizor sound on my cello right right? your um, designs that is like Nick Tapia right he so which is why we feel like almost like it's it is personal because that yeah. it, we are displaying mm-hmm. who we are as these artists like this is what i have to offer yeah you know I, i'm wearing my heart on my sleeve by right. like showing you this is how i sound this is the design that i came up with like right. this, these are my arts right my art pieces yep masterpieces <laughs> Masterpieces. I wouldn't say masterpiece. For I don't know. No, I, That's, I, I, I hate yeah. that word too. Like, oh, my masterpiece. Right. I would never say that. Because if I'm honest with myself, a lot of times when I, because here's the thing, there's either two things that happen. It's either I have a really good idea, mm-hmm. I feel like in my head, 
And there's a lot of very small adjustments that just happen on the journey to come up with a final product. Yes. And that can be in a sermon. That could be in a, a design. That right. could be in a system I'm trying to create. That could be in a, you know, whatever. Right. Um, or I have nothing mm-hmm. and I sit down at my computer and I panic for a half hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I got to come up with something. Cause I, and, and that's the thing is because one thing when I do d- design stuff and it really helps with like my teaching too is there's always got to be a deadline. Mm-hmm. And again, I wrote a, I read a book called The Lynchpin. Um, I can't remember who that one's by, mm. but it's, it talks about like, you just have to have a shift date no matter okay. what. I, that I, I totally believe that yes. because there is nothing that will motivate you and like light the fire yes. under your butt more right. than having a deadline that you have to meet. Right. So. A la this podcast. Yes. Because like. Hello. Took, it, was a th- it was like <laughs> what? Years of thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. But it was accountability, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Was it Kim that was like September 1st? And it was like, her or John oh. Martinez? I don't remember. Yeah. One of the two. Because, again, like, here's my opinion mm-hmm. on this is I would say the best thing I have to offer as a creator mm-hmm. is I'm a, if I had to praise myself for anything, it's I'm a good problem solver. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what I mean by that is, again, we'll just use design for that's the easier one for me is I'll sit down and I'll have something literally in my head. I have a pretty decently visit, vivid imagination. Yeah. But sometimes I sit on the computer, the geometry is just not right or something like mm-hmm. that, or the color palette wasn't you know what I thought it would be. And so then literally the next hour or two is problem solving. Right. Either, okay, that font didn't work, so I got to adjust it, or that, that image didn't, you know what I mean? That yeah. sort of stuff. And the same thing with like, okay, again, teaching or writing, coming up with the teaching or something like that is, okay, I was wrong mm-hmm. on sort of my hypothesis or whatever. Right. So now I got to adjust and just kind of let the text do what it's saying. Yeah. Rather than me trying to force it. Because I've done that and it's been horrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that's a lot of what creativity is, is mm-hmm. seeing something you want to manifest, mm-hmm. right? Seeing something you want to contribute and then literally solving all the problems to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's that slog. Yes. Again, is it Mark Twain who said, um, uh, writing is simple. You just sit down at the typewriter and bleed. Oh, cool. So like, that's the way it feels sometimes. That's I, yep. I don't think I had heard that quote before, but it accurately depicts everything that right. I feel about, <laughs> <laughs> about art and mm. writing and music. Right. Um, for you, did you take classes no. for design? So this no. is, this has all been. Yeah. So I had. Like you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, when I got out of school, just purely for ministry. Yeah. I did that and then um, I had a mentor in life it was actually one of our old worship leaders at the church mm-hmm. he was brilliant as far as design goes and I remember he would let me take a couple stabs at things and and all that and I would try out stuff and it was never like great but it was decent yeah and then it was actually him um, moving on and, and taking another job somewhere else mm-hmm. that um, was a cap we need a designer we need, we need someone to do like series stuff I'm like yeah. all right cool so to be honest I uh, I would just take stuff I liked at the beginning. Like, hey, I like that. So I'm just going to try to recreate that, but then like make it our series and like use different words or all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who is it? Uh, I'm coming up with quotes like crazy today. Steve Jobs said, great artists borrow. Mm-hmm. No, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Steal, yes. And I then, have heard so, that one. <laughs> and then so, and then he, I, m- I remember listening to him talk about how what he meant by that is like, you know, steal it in such a way that you make it your own. Yeah. To where people will never no know the reference. Tell. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's easy. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then so it just became this thing I did for the church. And then I had, again, I had a year or two of people saying, hey, you should think about doing this for a side gig or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was actually just kind of out of more necessity. Yeah. Um, uh, we were, Kim and I were getting ready to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, me and uh, our worship, worship leader time elected to go part-time for the church just to help it financially. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I can either, you know, work at a place I don't like to work at you know, and yeah. get up early mornings and all that sort of stuff. Or I can take a shot at this. Everyone yeah. says I can do it. So I just went for it. And it was all literally just self-taught, mm-hmm. um, just figuring it out, sitting down. I remember forgetting there was nights sitting in my office at our old church building, downloading Adobe Illustrator mm-hmm. and having no clue how to use it. Dang. And just like literally, okay, I'm just going to figure out how to type on this thing. Oh my you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, it was, it took months to figure it out. And like yeah. my first design yeah. uh, software is actually- Do you still have it? What? First ever like design? Like your first ever? I probably have it somewhere. You I was should gonna like say the print first... it out and like put it on the fridge. I could. You could. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Just to see horrible. like how far you've come. That's true. What, tell me about your first design. Sorry, I keep it First design was- we decided, I think we were doing a series, the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And I decided nowhere, 
we should do it like the Hunger Games. Oh my gosh! Because somewhere I, someone said something about like the Holy Spirit being a dove, and I'm like, okay, there was like that. What's that? Meow, the Mockingjay. Meow, meow, meow. I was like, I'll just yes. replace the Mockingjay with like a sweet looking dove, but make it gold. Dang. Do all that sort of stuff. And so I just literally, because I was reading that book at the time too, so I'm like, I'm literally just gonna sit there with this mm-hmm. and just try to mimic it. Mm-hmm. And like you know, so it was like very stylized, not sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. that was the first one. But I did it in Keynote okay. on the Mac, which okay. isn't a design thing at all. Yeah. Again, comes down to that problem solving. It's like, okay, I don't own any of this cool software yet, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to do what I can. But mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that is very um, also accurate. As you always hear people, um, is, and a lot of the creators I follow on YouTube, they get a lot of requests like, hey, what like cameras do you use? What software do you use? And mm-hmm. they always say like, hey, don't worry about what camera you use. Don't worry about what software you use. If you can tell a good story, people will listen and watch. Yeah, oh, that's good. You know what I mean? Like that's the, really good. I think a lot of times people use what they don't have. Mm-hmm. as the excuse for why they don't do something mm-hmm. or don't create yep um and if that were true for me i would have never started anything yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um that goes to teaching and preaching all that sort of stuff it's yeah. like man i remember getting out and be like dude i know nothing well you were kind of like thrown into a little bit yeah a lot of it yes. and which shows me and the listeners that you there's a certain like tenacity that it takes to really like be thrown into something and to just figure it out where yes. as you know my experience i went to school for what I do for years. Yeah. And and still I feel like I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, you know. Really? Yeah, like there there I have journals of lesson notes that I have to like revert back to and like, oh yeah, that's yep, shift on this string with this finger, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. blah right? You know, <laughs> things that like I sh- you know, just figured out Liz, you know, right. instead of like here's a cello, here's a bow. Yeah. Figure it out, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. that's kind of more what you experienced which is incredible it's really incredible well thank you so i hope so kudos to you thank you yeah man yeah i think that's the thing is when you think about i think anything you want to do in life i think first and foremost you absolutely have to love it Mm -hmm. because if you don't love it you're not going to go through the suffering it takes to get to where you want to be true that's you know what i'm saying is would you say that's true for you i completely agree to the point where like when i get to the moments where it's like i i don't love it yeah and then i have to have like a serious like you know talk with with, the, with liz with liz with the big man upstairs with the big man upstairs okay. and that's oftentimes when i'm you know i haven't been talking to him or you know haven't been communicating that's where you lose i guess the love for what you do yes that's where i feel the most disconnected when i feel like i'm trying to do it on my own mm-hmm. i'm like riding riding the good days where it's like yeah i sound great yeah you know, and then it, it falls to like, oh, you haven't, uh, haven't, haven't talked to him, and you know, let's start with like a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been two days now. Right, you know, right. and he's like that friend that like keeps texting you, like, hey, miss you. Yeah, you know, and he's not like a jerk about it, right. but but you know, and you can feel like, man, I really, I gotta text that person back. Right, and then you like, you know, you just keep quotation marks for those listening uh forgetting and quotation yeah. marks yeah or you get too busy or you get too or, busy or tomorrow or you're you know you're like i'm, I'm fine i don't really you know i'm i'm good right. for now you know right and so it's it's the moments where it's like man i i have really like lost track of my priorities mm. is where like i feel like i need to i need to talk to him like mm. immediately because i i don't feel my best as a person and therefore I don't feel my best about this gift that he gave me and I'm, yeah. I'm wasting it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, I, I think like, you know, your gift of teaching and design, they are gifts. I, yeah. I'm not the kind of person that I, there's a couple schools of thought. Talent gets you so far. Yep. Hard work and practice will get you so much further. Right. Yes. But there's a certain like, gifting i don't know if it's in the you know it there but you have to also practice your gift absolutely you know it's it's i think you made the analogy with kim like gave you like a christmas present Mm -hmm. no you gave her a christmas present you were stoked about was it ipad it was an ipad an ipad pro rolls gold yeah you were like stoked about giving it to her for christmas sorry kim love you um (laughs) And and then it like sat in the box, you know, till Easter, till Easter. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Jesus's birth to Jesus's death. So resurrection. You, wow. Yeah. So she's Not a better. she's a creaster iPad user. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. 
you know, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Um, (laughs) but, but if you are, if you are gifted and the thing with me was that like when I was younger, like I, everything came pretty easily on the cello for me. Really? It did. You were one of those prodigy. I wouldn't say prodigy, but it definitely came easier than the kids that like had to really log in the hours to get, you know, even, to the next song where I could sight read sight reading is where you play something through the first time and it's like accurate. It's not the most musical, but the notes are all there. You didn't right. really have to work on it that hard. Yeah. Um, and I kind of rode that wave for like a while. And then really? like even through high school, I was like, you know, I'm going to put in like minimal effort <laughs> and I, you know, I'm like pretty good at cello. I don't know. Like I'm not really good at anything else. So sure. I'll major in music. And then right. I got to college and my teacher, Kurt Baldwin, who I like adore, mm-hmm. Kurt Baldwin and the Ariana String Quartet are the professors at the University of Missouri St. Louis, where I did my undergrad. And they're all lifelong mentors of mine. Um, and he <clears throat> had a couple like sit down chats and was like, hey, man, this career is not one that you can just like coast you're gonna you need to figure out if you want it that bad like you you have the capability of being a musician yeah but it's gonna take some work and and your efforts are gonna have to like you know you i'm talking like four hours in the practice room to get to where you like need to be and then it was like oh my gosh four hours a day four hours a day yep wow i usually well by sophomore year, sophomore yeah. to junior year, I would I got up to like three. That was okay. that was like a good, healthy. When you really think about that, that's a that's a good chunk of your time. That's a good chunk of time every single day. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that too because some I, a story I did want to tell on this. Oh, and I do want I do want to I do want to link the idea you you said your connection to God mm-hmm. inevitably. Yeah furthers your creativity and, yeah you know because i mean i have a lot of thoughts on that but real quick when i was in california mm-hmm. um i showed up to the bethel school of ministry just thinking like you know what? i'm just gonna coast for a little bit mm-hmm. like i've done this ministry thing for a while you know like piece of cake how hard could it be yeah exactly yeah. i was just i was honestly just stoked to be a student again yeah and just be like someone just tell oh me what to gosh. do i do my homework i'm done for the day there's a lot of comfort in like being told what to do yeah i don't have to make any yeah, decisions i know i, just I know show up yes. on time yes yeah i loved that yes and then i would just sit in the back not talk to anyone no I yeah this little kid named josh he was like which by the way he was 18 years old i was mm-hmm. 27 28 at the time mm-hmm. i learned more from that kid than i have in a long time which is a beautiful something mm-hmm. you know analogy there but mm-hmm. i was there right and we had these surveys come out we we're getting ready to pick small groups and small group leaders and all that yeah and they had it they put out like a google survey and they said would you like to be a small group leader and i said no and they said why and i gave this long reason why hey i just i'm just here to kind of coast and yeah. not, i didn't say it like that i no, made, made it very political i'm you sure know? i'm sure and um and so i just pretty much try to communicate as clear as i can i'm not here to lead i'm just here to learn yeah. That humble approach. You yeah. Know? Yeah, man. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, then my pastor who's over me, he was over me and like, I think about 60 other people mm-hmm. at the time. His name is Dean, Pastor Dean. Um, he hated it when I called him that. Um, but he stopped <laughs> me in the hallway once and he goes, hey, Nick. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I want to talk to you. I'm like, okay. So he pulls me over and he goes, hey, what's with that survey you filled out? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, we read it through, and in the strongest language possible, you said you had no interest in wanting to be a small group leader. <laughs> you're like, was it that strong? Yeah. I thought I was being nice. I was like, oh, what? No, no I that's just, fine. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. No. And he goes, well, I really want you to think about something. I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, one, he goes, me and, because uh, they had like interns they work with, who they, they were very intentional, really prayed over you, and really like invested in you. Yeah. And I had Michael over me, um, who was just an amazing dude, heard me out, and just like was always there for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. Dean says to me, he goes, look. He goes, I need you to realize something. And I was like, yeah. And he said, first year of of school isn't going to just happen to you. Mm. And I'll never. And that that phrase just happened to you is stuck in my brain now. Yeah. Whenever there's something I want to do, mm-hmm. but I don't have the courage, mm-hmm. or my insecurities just kind of come to the surface yes. of why I can't or shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like I've always hoped in my life that like. What would happen is there would be like these talent scouts out there mm-hmm. and you would just be this person just drifting through life and they would just spot you at like Hungry Hobo or yep. Sonic or Best Buy. And like, they'd wow. Be like, hey, 
you got something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and they would just, you know, do yeah. whatever to help you. And it, it doesn't, life doesn't happen that no. way, obviously. Mm-mm. And like you said, like a career in music mm-hmm. or like what you do or creating something or starting a business or starting a church mm-hmm. or like doing great things has to come from an, like a, uh, was it, we would say like an innate place within you yeah. to where you're just like, I'm going to put this work in whether anyone sees it or not. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part for me is like, especially something like this. Yeah. No one asked for this. There's actually only a handful of people that know I'm actually working on this project. Right. And like to kind of throw it out. And that was very intentional. Um, because it gives you an escape if you don't actually want to do it. You've only yes. told like a couple people. So if I end up canning the whole thing, then yes. the entire world is not disappointed. You want to know another reason too? Huh, what? So when I did the design thing, I had a handful of people who like really believed in it. They were like, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, all that. Then there was another group of people who were like, hey, have you thought it all out? Do you have a business plan? <gasps> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, did you go to school? Yeah. No, you didn't. Oh, you didn't go to mm. school for it? Are you and sure this is what you want to try to do? Exactly. Mm. And so I was very protective of this because yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm already so insecure about this. Yep. That there's anyone besides me, you, my wife, and my daughter who will listen to this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, hey, man, my family in St. Louis, like, they're like, nice. I, they don't know about it yet. But when I right. tell them, right, you will have at least Excellent. two more subscribers. Sweet, so, yeah. seven, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> including me. Right. Um, but I think that's the hard part is like, no one asked for it, but it's something that's in you that you want to see happen. And again, mm-hmm. trying to overcome all those hurdles, all those insecurities, and then being vulnerable oh my gosh you know what i mean like yes. this isn't the finish like when i hit publish whenever that happens yeah that's the that's like the start that's not even the finish line i think in my opinion yeah you know what i mean that's the start of like the entire thing of mm-hmm. doing it again mm-hmm. of then facing criticism or choosing to look at some criticism you know what i mean like yeah. all of those things and then having the courage to do it again mm-hmm. and have a different person sit in front of me that i sit and try to talk with you know what i mean yeah and so i think that's the hard part with all of this is like having the courage to do things mm-hmm. and then like you you kind of hit on it too is for me the biggest thing is not allowing my identity to be too attached mm-hmm. to what i make yeah you know what i mean yeah because i i know sometimes even when people are because criticism is a good thing i mm-hmm. think we both agree with that like uh, like a healthy objective criticism yes not like self-loathing like everything i do is awful right. which i feel like is what i tend to yes. go f- toward or like having that turd who just like just try to pick apart yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just likes to be a critic. Yeah. Like we watched Ratatouille the other day. Ratatouille. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? One time. Or, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a I beautiful can't, movie. Uh, that's not in my repertoire of quotable movies. Really? Yeah, I guess that's fair. So sorry. It's not very quotable. No, but it, I really enjoy it. Like it's when a I ha- when I watch a movie and I really enjoy it. Yeah. I need to rewatch it so I can quote it. I have not rewatched it, so really? that's my own burden to bear yeah so sorry continue no rat patootie so so the villain yes or the what would you say the antagonist in the movie i think right? so um is the critic yes if you remember right yes and at the end of the movie he does his whole uh review where he talks about as a critic mm-hmm. you do nothing you you risk nothing you don't put yourself out there your entire job is just to give a pass or a fail on mm-hmm. someone who risked possibly everything yes um back to the driving forces of why we do these things is yes. um I don't know if we ever talked about that. I'm going to say back to this topic so yeah. that I can talk about it now. Yeah, go for it. Um, but the fear of failure versus the feel, fa- nope, fear of failure versus the fear of regret. Yeah. Which one? Which one do you fear more? Because I fear them both equally, and that's why I'm a hot, hot mess all the time. I think as I mature, regret is slowly growing. Yes. I think when I was younger, it was failure. Yes. I think because there was this idea that I had something to prove Mm -hmm. and there was something I had, but prove and also safeguard. Which don't you think that's why you felt that it was just going to fall in your lap? Yes. Because then the fear of failure, it's like, well, I don't have to try. I just, it's just going to happen to me. Exactly. Right. Yes. I wanted there to be, I wanted, I wanted someone to like already identify something in me. Yeah. And then that would be like my cheerleader. And then I would Without you like standing up and be like, hey, I I have this cool thing that I do. Exactly. And being like shut down. Exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, as I think as, I don't know if it's just getting older and realizing like, I think looking at this, for instance, is if I do this and let's say it's just seven people that listen and subscribe, my family and your family essentially. Yes. Um, so what? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's better than the person who's doing nothing. Right. It's better than the critic who's just, you know, and, and like it's a, that's the constant thing I have to kind of keep coming back to yeah. is like, I highly doubt my daughter's going to remember me as, man, that loser who started a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's coming one of the voices. Who's my, who's my daughter remembering me as? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but it's like, it is what I'm becoming more propelled by. Well, and I think in this age of technology, I think late like when she's old enough to you know understand like these highly intellectual conversations that you're going to have on this podcast i hope so yeah um (laughs) she i think there's something to be said about listening in on conversations like this and really kind of getting to know like the heart and soul of a person versus you know because this is this is vulnerability this is like a prime example right of being vulnerable in front of an audience you don't know who's listening to exactly but you're also in a way being vulnerable to her because she's going to someday be able to listen back and be like, man, That's, I didn't even think about my that. dad That's is daunting. awesome. Don't let it be daunting. Let it like, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be really exciting for her to be like, wow. Yeah. This, this is, this is my dad, you know, right. and I get to listen to him, not just like on a Sunday, not, not just at a pulpit, but like, this is what he actually like feels about this topic. Yeah. You know, That's very true. And he wasn't afraid. I mean, he might have been afraid, but he did not let his fear (laughs) of criticism or rejection stop him from producing this podcast, which I think is very cool. And I'm like incredibly proud of you as as one person that was like nagging. Right. (laughs) Right. Constantly. All the time. I am super proud to be even considered to be brought on this well, absolutely. With you, so. the thing is, if I'm gonna suffer, you're gonna suffer with me. I mean, yes. That's a joke fine. way, but no. There's <laughs> no better. There's no really no better person to honestly have as the first one. Um, I think we both do share a lot of the same fear, failure issues. Yes. You know what I mean. Um, we both happen to be in like I guess the creation realm of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we both. Um, and you're also someone who helps pull out. I think some of the ideas that are going on in my head that mm-hmm. I struggle to articulate. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. But uh, back to you, fear of failure, fear of regret. Yeah. You said both equally. Yes. I, yes. They interchange though. How? Because, so uh, I'll go through bouts where I have the feel, fear of, I cannot talk. You're fine. I cannot say that specific thought, the fear of failure. I'll go through these bouts of time where I will be so afraid to put myself out there yeah. that I won't try. Right. And then I don't know if I can speak for you, but then I feel awful about myself for not trying. And then I regret not trying. And so it's just this big like teeter totter, like back and forth between like, it's going to be awful. Yeah. But like, you're already not doing it. If, if the fear of like striking out is keeping you from trying it, like you're already like not in the game just by sitting there and not trying. Right. You know, and, and there, (laughs) there was one audition that I took last year. I think I told small group this, but I like was going through a time period where I was like so freaked out about even trying. It was like a a big league audition and like the chances of anyone getting it are are very slim. Objectively speaking, it is very difficult to win these major full-time positions, right? But I had never taken like a full-time audition before. Okay. And so I like had I had like this just this moment where I like broke down in my bathroom because I was so afraid and I had already like signed up for it yeah like it was coming yeah and I had actively like stopped practicing because I was freaking out like I'm gonna get rejected there's this is a waste of time right it's I'm it's not gonna happen right you know I'm crying in my bathroom and I just like I just like shot up looked in the mirror and I was like, you have to try. Yeah. Like you really, you have to try. Yeah. Stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to quote Chris Traeger in Parks and Rec. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot the reference. That's good. But it was just this moment where if you, if you are rejected, that's, it's okay, but you have to try. Right. You know, real quick, do you ever play the game? I used to play the game in my head a lot, and I'm sure I still do, but it was very prevalent when I was younger. Was 
it was almost like a safeguard not to give 100 percent yeah so that way if i only gave like 60 yeah maybe even 80 mm-hmm. percent well you didn't see me at my best so if i do get rejected yeah that's okay yes like if i had to put something out there it was like yeah. almost like i'm gonna reserve a little bit yes does that make sense that manifested itself in like when i was a kid um doing like like solo competitions like i would yeah. wait until three weeks before the okay. day of the competition and then i would start to practice okay and i got like just good enough where i would like make it to the second round or yeah. make it whatever you know but never did as well as if i had started months in advance right I always intentionally like right. procrastinated right to the very last minute right to say that like i tried yes but i didn't try my best yes yeah yeah because then because like i so for me going it would mostly manifest itself whenever i had to teach when i was younger mm-hmm. it would be like i would slowly work because that back then i had a lot more time because mm-hmm. I, like, I was only maybe speaking once a month mm-hmm. so i would like plan it out like you know a few weeks ahead and i'd slowly start to kind of gather my uh like you know verses illustrations whatever but then it would be like the week of right like right, i'm gonna you know really go for it and then really that thursday friday saturday was where i really gave it and then yeah. I, you know let's say let's say it went well yeah and i remember being like okay awesome well you haven't seen me at 100 percent though yeah or if it went bad it's like, well, like, I didn't that's really okay I, yeah. didn't, I didn't give it it's okay i'm you know and it was almost like a safeguard yeah to where like i can't be hurt but mm-hmm. like it did hurt you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like that weird game you play with yourself it's like you know a self-fulfilling prophecy exactly you know and you're creating yeah. like this vicious cycle right where you never really feel that great about the things that you're putting out there right because you're not really ever trying your best exactly what but what if we actually intentionally like tried our absolute best yes that would that's, that'd be some awesome stuff going on right that sounds terrifying though but you know what i mean but more or less terrifying than like staying yeah absolutely like mediocre absolutely for the rest of your life absolutely and i think i think we both have degrees of successes i think if we yeah. were to look back five years we could both say we've achieved a lot in sure. the five years that sure. that we've you know lived yeah but to plateau and That's stay terrifying. here right yeah and so the fear of regret now is like i need to actually like try yes. i need to really see what giving a hundred percent actually will look like yes. in the long run. Or like what I do a lot of times too with that is you learn some tricks mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. the way. Like for me communicating like with communication, I'm a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. So I know regardless, if I can tell a few good stories, it'll get a, it'll, it'll overall get a pass. From yeah. Whoever my, my get audience a laugh. Is. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, but then like hit them hard with scripture and you exactly. really like get all the feels. Yeah. 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 So like, but like, like you said, there's a lot of times we can approach the same exact formula, which I'm not saying formulas are bad. I think formulas actually really help for structure yeah. and all that sort of stuff I and agree. help you get your work done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think any time where you start to see a plateau where like it's predictable, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit, yeah. not predictable by you, but predictable by your audience mm-hmm. or predictable by whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. I think that's the place where you like, because I kind of was confronted with that a few years ago. Someone said to me, like, I can kind of tell you plateau. And I was like, mm. oh, no. Ouch. And then that's when I moved to California to like, shake everything <laughs> up. Um, uh, kind of. I was just like, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't. I don't want to plateau. Dang. That's, that's the thing is, like like you said, anything it is you do will almost have your fingerprint, mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to put that. But there's a weird, there's a, there's a way of, like, I don't know if you want to say, like, expanding your fingerprint a little bit or, like, you know what I mean? Like... I think it's looking closer into the microscope of sure. what, what is actually in your fingerprint. Yes. Like let's let's take a closer look at that groove. Yes. You know, and see what's like really in there. You yes. Know? That's true. So. That's a good way to put that. Thanks. Yeah. Just came up with it. Sweet. I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. Um you t- you had talked and this is I didn't know if we'd get there, but I think we're getting there and it's a good thing is you had talked about how your connection with God I guess I don't know if you would tell you to say like makes you in love with what you do more mm-hmm. or connects you more to your creativity or your work. Mm-hmm. Um, only reason I ask that again, I'm reading a book, which you're setting me up to look like I'm like the best reader on the planet. I mean, um, I have a Kindle now. Thanks mom and dad. So <laughs> like send me all of do the you titles. Like I do, but there's really nothing like a the book. paper. I'm, I'm split. Yeah. I'm a book. I'm a avid book reader now. Yeah. Just because I have a problem and I like to hoard books. 
but so you read a book on so i'm reading a book i'm halfway reading through a it. book. it's called every good endeavor by tim keller okay and the entire book is about how our work is completely spiritual mm-hmm. and our spirituality is connected to our work mm-hmm. and what we do mm-hmm. and um i get really nerdy on it but i won't but like this that's is okay. the idea that um i think a lot of times we look at work as a nuisance that's i think that's the way he puts it mm. But the, I guess the more Christian or even Jewish look, way of looking at work is that it's in, it is entirely connected to who you are as a spirit mm-hmm. and your worship of God. Okay. And so this book is just blowing my, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you actually hit on the point where he brings up the story of Esther. Mm-hmm. Esther has favor with the King, all that sort of stuff. And, and um, he talks about how um, he was hearing, hear the story of this. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a teacher in a very um, uh, high Hispanic demographic, mm-hmm. and they had all actually done really well for themselves. This particular class, and they started. They, none of their, a lot of their parents were immigrants. They were all now college educated, working on Wall Street and all that sort of stuff. They were very, very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And the teacher looked at him and said, "Look, you're now in the palace. Mm. Your job now, being in the palace, is to use your place in the palace for those who aren't in the palace yet." Yeah. And then he actually uses the analogy of, of Esther. Esther didn't use her favor with the king to just be like, hey, I'm here. I'm in the palace. Right. This yeah. is about me now. Yeah. And he said, he's like, what Esther had to realize is all of it, whether it was her God-given ability mm-hmm. or just miss, you know, just, just the door that opened, mm-hmm. it was all by God's grace. Mm-hmm. And he talks, he goes in this whole chapter, I thought it was just beautiful of, of, of we have to understand, yes, you are gifted in whatever place that is, mm-hmm. but it's by grace. Yeah. You know what I mean? You did not choose that. It yeah. was given to you. Yeah. And then what you do with that has to be leveraged, not just for yourself, mm-hmm. but for the people around you. Yeah. And that was a very thought provoking way. And it made me stop and think, okay, what am I doing with my privileged place mm-hmm. of whether that's just being, you know, pretty much self-governed mm-hmm. in my work or, you know, I get to preach the gospel, you yeah. know, tw- twice a month. Um, I do design work for, and I have influence over the the view and the image of a lot of businesses in the area. Like, what am I doing with that mm-hmm. to get those who quote unquote aren't in the palace mm-hmm. to where I, you know what I mean? Sure. Look beyond myself. I think for me, I'd like to talk about, um, my cello students at one of the organizations, um, mm-hmm. in town. We, I know that I grew up very privileged and I yeah. I acknowledge that privilege like I am so thankful for the resources that my parents were able to provide I yeah. acknowledge that like 100% and so for me I it is like my mission as a teacher specifically to kids that I don't know what they're going to go home to I don't know yeah that's true um it is my mission to to show them like yeah we're gonna we're gonna do some cello but I'm going to make sure that you had like a smile on your face and I'm going to make you feel like you were heard mm-hmm. and you were cared about yeah. today. You know, yeah. if, if it's, if it's just asking like how your day was, yeah. you know, it's not like an everyday thing where mm-hmm. like I, I walk away like feeling really like emotional, but there, there've been a couple instances where one kid, who I, I love this kid so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing our end of the, uh, winter, like pre Christmas, we didn't call it a Christmas party, but yeah. we like brought treats and, and just kind of like hung out and played a game. And I, he's a generally like really sweet and funny, energetic kid. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, not himself, just not feeling it that day. And I, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, like, what's what's going on? Like, you're not, you don't really, you don't really seem like yourself today. And right. he's like, well, my dad's in prison and, you know, Holy I'm cow. not going to be able to see him for Christmas this year. And, like, to say that it took, like, all of my physical and emotional strength to, like, not cry yeah. in front of this eight-year-old who I know has already shed so many tears about right. his circumstance. I'm a third party looking in. Yeah. That is not my reality. And right. so that is his reality that he has to go home to. And yeah. so that it was just like I how can I show you in the 30 minutes that we have in this cello lesson that you are valued and that you are cared about. Right. And 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 
so I, it's my mission to just, you know, some days are, are harder than others, sure. you know? And so sure. with that, I really, I can tell the days that like I actively pray going into it, like, God, you know, my heart, you know what these kids need to hear. Yeah. Don't let me be a jerk. Yeah. They, you know, I, I don't want to contribute, Yeah. you know, negativity into the world. Yeah. You know, no, I it's one. It'd be interesting to watch you in your job because I know it's in a small group. If someone even looks like they're going to cry, you're crying. I am the <laughs> biggest empathetic crier. You and are. that is my greatest weakness. I think I, yeah. I really, I, if there was one thing I wish I could change about myself, it would be like, I'm so <laughs> prone to crying. If I even get a whiff that yeah. someone else is tearing up, you do I hate it so much. I guess, yeah, what you do and how you carry yourself Mm -hmm. is the fact that, like, whatever it is you're contributing to the world, you have no idea what, you know, like, in your scenario, you're you're, 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 um, leading a lot of people and teaching them an instrument. Right. But at the end of the day, I think you would agree with this, is you are making a lasting impact on a person. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're... For for all you know, there's going to be a kid or two, mm-hmm. or maybe several, mm-hmm. who like for the rest of their life, they're going to have almost like this metric in their mind mm-hmm. of how their teacher Liz treated them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Which which puts so much pressure because I there there are days where like I I also do this thing though where I'll be feeling a certain way on the inside mm-hmm. and I think I'm projecting it on the outside. But you're not. But I'm not. You, but yeah, I I think I confirms. am, you know. Yeah. And so there are days where I'm I am beyond frustrated, yeah. you know, and I have to like go forgive myself for that. And yeah. and then really assess like did I make them feel the way that I was feeling? Right. Did did I let them know that that's what I was thinking yeah. like this whole time? Um, and that's, that's a great fear of mine because I would, I, you know, I would never in a million years wish like a projection of what I'm feeling when it's like in a bad space. Right. I think that's everybody though. Like no one wants to emote what they're actually feeling if they're feeling frustrated or if they're angry. Like we, sometimes I do though. But and that's when I'm a jerk. Well, <laughs> specifically to like I'm kidding. It'll no, be, I yeah. I I'm the same way. Yeah, like yeah. when you know, <laughs> but like to kids, yeah, who like I know deep down they just need someone to talk to. Yeah, they need someone to like make them feel like it it matters that they showed up to school. Yeah. instead of yeah that's a good point i stayed home and no one noticed yeah you know i i want every time i go to those lessons and if someone missed a class say hey i really missed you the other day right and make it make them so aware that they were missed yes instead of I am very frustrated (laughs) with you right now stop hitting him with your bow you know like (laughs) so i Part of it is like, yes, I'm there to teach cello lessons and, you know, it would be great if they continued on to like their school orchestra someday. And if they wanted to be like a a cellist one day, like that'd be great, you know, professional cellist, a professional cellist. Yes. (laughs) Um, If they want to do that, I want to make sure that they know that they can. Yeah. But even if they don't want to do that, I just want to make sure that they knew that they they are important. Yeah. But like, regardless of that, everything you're imparting to them now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And ministering to them, however you want to say that, yeah, is going to one day come to fruition. It's yeah. going to manifest itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I guess the thing is, I always look back at like, the, I can look at the, the teachers who taught me stuff, the coaches who taught me something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and I can, it, it's so silly, but it's like, like everything I go through as an adult, it's like a little bit higher stakes. Yeah. But it can be traced back to like elementary when someone yeah. sort of said this to me and I didn't didn't react the way they thought yeah. they were or, you know, I didn't lie. Right. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Instead of taking the easy way. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? No, I, I the one thing I did, I don't think we ever got there fully for you was mm-hmm. I wanted to talk more about, I think, more your spirituality with mm-hmm. God. Sure. And your belief in God. Because yeah. like, spoiler alert, we are Christians. What? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, right. Um, and just because like, I feel the same thing. Like, I know for me when I think of like my life and what I do, 
I think for the longest time, so much of my identity was attached to what mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so there's like that tricky thing to where, like you said, it is a part of you. It is something you create. It is, it's, it's very personal mm-hmm. to you. And it is going to hurt when you receive criticism where someone just simply doesn't like what you do. Yeah. Like it just does. It, it stinks. Yeah. But then at the same time, like not allowing your identity to be so caught up in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like for me, that's in, invariably the, the struggle. Like even today, like I had I had to kind of sit alone with God. Like, God, I allowed what I did this week, mm-hmm. what I was making, what I was attempting to create and contribute to the world and all that sort of stuff. That became more my cornerstone than you did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I want to know more for you. Like how do you navigate that? I think um, in general... I, if I can like wake up early and if I can just have that time like with him, like put on some worship music, put on good old, you know, Pandora. Um, but it, if like on a good day, I'll wake up early Mm -hmm. get my time in just like sitting there, like, you know, like you've got your coffee, Yes, you know, and sometimes it's just like sitting and in silence and just kind of like talking talking to him you yeah. know um and there's just something so like rejuvenating where like if i've gone too long or if i've if i've you know unintentionally like missed a couple days yeah. of, of that time with way. him like mornings are where my day is going to start Right. Yes. It's much harder for me to like rein it in when I get home from work at like one in the afternoon. Yes. Because by then I've already got like five things on my planner that I have to get done before I start teaching at like 5 p.m., you know. Yeah. Um, And so I it's it's really I've I've realized how important it is to prioritize my time with him. Mm hmm. Cause he is the one that has given me everything. And, right. and so as much as I love and I'm thankful for my parents, like, shouldn't I be that much more loving and yeah. thankful to, you know, God who gave me, who gave me my parents. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. For sure. Um, so it, another aspect as a cellist who also plays on our worship team at church and crushes it every single time, you know, the, the days that like, I feel like I am at work while I'm on the worship team are the days where I feel like worst. Like I feel like I was so worried about playing this note in tune. I felt like this chord was like like, during worship, like while we're, while we're doing like the set. Yeah. yeah. The days where I am so like my cello got out of tune sure. because, you know, the temperature was just like my instrument was whack, you right. know, those days where I am so critical of what I was doing, right. like my contribution are the yeah. days that I feel like worst, you know, like the worst about my playing, you know. Right. But isn't it baffling that there's probably like five people? That know. Those are the, well, they also know, but also like, those are the days where I'll have like three people come up and say like, oh my gosh, Unbelievable. that was powerful. Yeah. And I'm like, it's really humbling. Cause it's like that, that was not, that was not me. That was like 100% Jesus. Cause the right. fact that he was able to take my distracted, my like ungrateful right i think what i would i, I right. would call that ungratefulness is yeah. where i'm critiquing the yeah. very like gift that he gave me yeah in the time that i'm supposed to be giving it back to him right in worship right and inviting others and inviting others and i'm making it like nothing other than like about me and myself right you know in your perfection yeah better than his perfection yes it's- and it that reminds me that's like a really good like reset button for you need to remember why you're doing this yeah you need to remember who who gave this to you in the first place and so then the next week i'm much more likely to just like let let him like allow him to move he's gonna move the way he wants to move absolutely right but to not let my part Mm -hmm. of his moving yeah to be like, you know, more important than the fact that he's going to move and he's going to do some great things. Right. 
there's there's something in the room happening yeah. for us it's you know whether it's spiritual warfare mm-hmm. or it's the holy spirit's just moving and you couldn't mess it up if you tried yeah or like there's a weightiness to the you know the room yeah. also stuff and like when i always make them used to make the mistake of and i still make the mistake and i'm getting better at it hopefully is standing up and realizing okay here's where the room's actually at mm-hmm. and here's where i want to get them yeah and so like what i used to do is just try to power through it and pound it and mm-hmm. it would never work and yeah. then stuff and like people were still generous and nice and like yeah. hey you did a good job yeah but like i think growing up and realizing and, and just maturing and seeing it and like reading mm-hmm. is you can like stop and be like okay no they're nowhere near where I need to get them. Yeah. But I just need to start where they're at. Yeah. And then slowly get them. You know, because like if you listen to one of my sermons, first things I do is usually try to tell a funny story. Which was, is a, it relates them to you. Yes. You need to get them related to your experience. Exactly. Because oftentimes you have a relatable experience to them. Yes. So if they feel like they can't relate to you, then they're less likely to be engaged for the rest of the conversation. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's. One, I think, I think, because what they say, the two most powerful things you can do to a person is make them laugh and make them cry. Yes. Right. Which so if I everyone in my small laugh, group, yes. <laughs> then I might be able to make them cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So like that's that's kind of. Uh, so I always think about those two things. Um, it's not like to be manipulative or anything no. like that. But and like it doesn't count if you're trying to make me cry because I'll cry like every, <laughs> I, I <just laughs> like all the time. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, is yeah and, and so like that, that, that it's very um thoughtful mm-hmm. and like and like too i think when you can make someone laugh it makes them relax yes and like that's the thing is 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 i'm coming up there probably for people with all these ideas of what a preacher and a pastor and what a church is supposed to be mm-hmm. so if i can get rid of all of the negatives yeah as quickly as possible yeah it opens them up to actually hearing what i have to say yeah i think yeah so when looking at um i guess yeah the the, the realm of teaching and and what it is i try to do is is it's while there's it's formulative you can figure it out like mm-hmm. i have a formula i to follow yeah and there's been times where i'm like i have this nailed like i could recite it to you backwards mm-hmm. and it was horrible yeah probably because i was like fixating way too much on my ability right you know what i mean yeah. and like honestly i not that god was like okay you know i'm gonna mm-hmm. let you screw it up i think more it was i didn't make room for him yeah you know what i mean do you find in those moments that those sermons where you feel like you're gonna crush it yeah do those messages have more or less content in which you are being vulnerable about experiences that you are going through because i think the heavy hitters is when you can be real and you like you're talking to everybody but you are giving your own firsthand experience of this is what's got this is what God's doing in my life right now. Yeah. Cuz they're more they're less likely to be like defensive and like oh this this message isn't for me, you know. Right, right. Like the pa- the fact that like Pastor Nick is dealing with this like yeah, yeah. that's that's opening my eyes to like yeah, yep. For I sure. didn't want to acknowledge it, but yes, I'm going through the same thing. So yeah. like the the ones that you feel like yeah, I'm going to totally crush it like do you think your walls are higher up or do yeah. you feel like you let them down? Now that you say it, like as I, if I, as I kind of go to assess a few, like a few situations, I think, yeah, I think they were more intellectually driving. Sure. Rather than real. Which there's something to be said <laughs> about that. No. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is like you never, I never want to stand up there and just be like, you know, I, I don't want you to ever have to not think. Right. When you're listening to me. I want, I hopefully I'm thought provoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the thing is for me being a communicator mm-hmm. and as I always want to do my best to connect the head and the heart, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because yep. like if, if you're, what is it? If, if, if you're, if you're thinking way too much, you know what I mean? Then it becomes, it becomes a classroom. Yeah. But if you're feeling way too much and it's just an emotional problem, right. but fleeting. I think it's thinking and feeling yeah. that really is the essence of the gospel mm-hmm. of yes, intellectually, I accept who Jesus Christ is. You know, I know I can understand that God is real and all that stuff, but have I actually given him, again, going back to vulnerability, have I given him all that is me to be Lord over my life rather than lording it over myself? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think, yeah, as he, as I assess, I guess myself, I think I think I think you can get way too, like, you connect all the dots. Mm-hmm. And was it someone said to me years ago, if you underprepare, you'll never make the finish line. But if you overprepare, you'll never get to the starting line. Something like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, Why is so that's that so relatable? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? But um, is there anywhere you would like people to be able to, like, reach you or, like, know more about you and what you do? Um, I mean, I'm pretty active on 
the social media platform of the trifecta uh in, or is it just not, Facebook and instagram yeah i don't know how to use twitter <laughs> so <laughs> if you'd like if someone would like to teach me how to use twitter so i can bless the world with this mess um i don't think anyone wants that um but my instagram handle is liz cello c-e-l-l-o-a-r because i'm very punny liz chalor my last name's or everybody i feel like if you have to explain it it's like not clever <laughs> you have to see it because when you yes. see it you're like oh you're like that's oh clever. duh yeah because yeah. then but... you see your picture with you with a cello and right. all that sort of stuff and right so it works out really really well yeah so other than that <gasps> and then you can go see you at the quad cities orchestra yeah quad city symphony orchestra heck yeah we've um we've got a couple of masterworks first weekend of each month october november december it's going to play some really cool masterpieces that um like some pieces that you like you didn't know you needed in your life yeah. and you're like wow i that was amazing um and then we've got you know harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban <laughs> in november the you were talking about. i mean they weren't but they <laughs> can be to you know if they want if you want them to be right yeah and, yeah <laughs> well cool sounds good thank Yay. you for doing this with me thank and you thank you for pushing me to make this happen you're welcome and thank you <laughs> you're welcome okay bye